You're listening to the iRacers Lounge podcast, where we discuss everything iRacing in a casual setting. Enjoy. Welcome to the iRacers Lounge. I'm your host, Mike Ellis. iRacers Lounge is a podcast for the iRacer, where we talk all things iRacing in a casual setting. Joining me are the usual characters, David Hall. Hey, hey. Greg Hectus. Hey, everybody. Tony Gross. Tony. He's here. He must have stepped away from the uh, microphone. Uh, let's get right into it. Uh, no special guest, I guess, this week. So uh, we're going to go right into topics before Evan shows up to review the Coke race. And we're going to start with the iRacing Not Top 10 Highlights for May 2020. Uh, they put out a video this week, a little four-minute video, showing some of those highlights. Like, uh, for example, uh, at the road course, the Ferrari sliding off track and wedging itself just perfectly in the between the tires where he can't go forward and he can't go backwards. It's like a perfect uh, 15-foot hole to park a car in. Another good one was where uh, a guy got punted from behind at a, one of the real narrow uh, pit entrances. And it's, uh, I don't know what track that is, but it's got the real narrow pit entrance and the car is actually wedged between the two pit walls and blocking all the people getting on the pit road. Uh, I don't know. what did you guys think of it? I confess I didn't get to watch that one. I saw a couple of them. I, I think, I think you're right, Mike. The one, the one where he perfectly got stuck into the, the barrier, the way it was, <laughs> it was, uh, quite entertaining, but, uh, even some of them on the near miss where uh, the guy blew the chicane in the skippy and right. uh, went over top. Like that was close. And at the end they had the Lotus 49 guy at Monza kind of go off track and went for a flight uh, basically, uh, but was able to land the top land on the tires. And it was kind of amusing. Pretty good video back to normal, I guess for the, the iRacing video guys. Now that all the, the coronavirus real racing mixed stuff is over. Still good work like they always do. Yep. So do you like dogs, Greg? Do you like puppies? Yeah, I got an annoying one in the background right now that's <laughs> whining. Yeah, Greg, I like puppies too. I don't keep one at home because a little apartment, really expensive deposits, but uh, puppies are nice. We're going to even give up a little bit of NIS time to race for the puppies. Um, we've talked about it quite a few times. So the name of the race that's coming up is Project K9250 at Daytona. Uh, it's, we're going to do basically a half distance, 250 miles, which makes it 100 laps fixed setups. We're doing it Friday the 26th. Uh, practice will start at 7.30, 8.15 qual, and green flag by 8.30. So I'm assuming those are t all uh, Eastern times. The registration seat or site is posted on the iRacers Face Lounge Facebook page. Yeah, Chris was telling us to get uh, registered. I already did um, because it's going to fill up fast because I think the OBRL guys are jumping in on it. So we appreciate those guys uh, uh, helping us fill out that field. It's going to be a fun night next Friday. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Um, I know Chris is putting a lot of pressure on us to run well, but we'll, I think we will. I don't know what he's talked. I don't think he's, I think he's talked us all up over there. Just, uh, we better have our gay game, right? 
Oh, well, do we have a set? I'm wondering. And it's, it's fixed. fixed. Ooh. Are we going to do the IROC paints? That's what I was wondering. Maybe something different. At least all our team can be different. We can tell each other where we are on the track. I don't mind running it. I just think, you know, we got to have somebody actually do it. Well, Maybe, if uh, everybody Bobby... wants to do it, I'll, I'll, I'll bug Bobby to do it. But if not, I'm not going to bother him. I think it's a good idea. You know, we can change it out for one day. Yep. Okay, very good. I'll take the next one. Uh, we got an uh, email from a listener, Brian McCubbin. Hey, wanted to let us know. Hey, I they tr he tried that remote service that we talked about uh, a few weeks back from ASIM Racing Network. Um, he talked with Jose over Discord while he went over his entire software, and he highly recommends their service. He also said that the HP Reverb Gen 2 has been announced for the fall release. Uh, he currently uses the first gen, but will probably upgrade with the better optics and the manual IPD adjustment and better controllers. So he's talking about that one where you can hire a guy 75 bucks, uh, you know, uh, an hour, I think, and he'll help you set up your iRacing. I don't know if I'd be willing to pay that, but if you need the service, and it worked out for Brian anyway. Well, that's just it. Um... For some for some people this stuff is just chinese right um they just don't understand it and can't figure it out so um and to get help and uh, you know it's, it costs money people's time is worth money remember how lost jimmy johnson was in the first uh, of the invitational race because uh, he literally got the service like that day right and then he got some coaching with ray and really stepped up his game well, we we all know it. It's all about seat time and and laps run, right? You can't you can't just hop into these things and expect to be fast. It's just there's there's no feel to it. It's kind of like an, it's your eyes, right? And if you don't have that, but not just that. There's just the the how the the whole software inter how the interface works can be alien to you before you start it. Well, look at uh, what was it last week when uh, or last Saturday when I was hopping in to reset. I had to reset all my buttons and stuff for the, uh, nine one nine because, uh, everything updated for me. And I didn't, I don't remember what buttons were or which controls were. And I was asking you for which ones I needed to set up. Yeah. And we were talking about a, a car that's like a rocket ship too, you know, as far as its technology, it, you might almost need a lesson on how to set that up. Like a terminology lesson. Possibly. Well, you're looking for a terminology lesson, you come to the right place. Because this is new for me. Um, I guess we, we got a name for when somebody gets a, a second account, and that would be called a Smurf account. I don't understand why it's called a Smurf account. I mean, it's just a fancy name, but um, I guess it's been coined. It's hereby been deemed a Smurf account, I guess. I don't know. We saw that on the forums. Uh, somebody said it, and uh, I guess it, we'll see if it sticks. I guess I guess we have to call it something. I mean, you know, we couldn't ever just call it someone's second account. That's boring. <laughs> or their risky account compared to their safe account. You might even have an oval and a road. Who knows? Well, Tony, do you guys do you and your wife run off the same account, or do you have two split accounts? No, we've got uh, two separate accounts as the uh, that way 
um, when we get everything rocking and rolling, we'll be able to uh, hopefully race with each other. Who's the Smurf account? Well, there's no Smurf account because it was a joke. It was a joke. Uh, they both are. You got Papa Smurf and Mama Smurf. <laughs> uh, anyways. So we got a neat story coming up next. We have an 81 year or a 81 year old amputee that wants to return to racing. He's recently had a stroke and they had to take his leg. Um, and we've got uh, David Tucker actually responding on some of the different options for basically driving with hand pedals. Uh, they said there's a, and so there's a great, there's great information on here. If you know anybody else who, who wants to drive and uh, don't have very good use of their feet, uh, there's a lot of good options. I know um, that at the formula one wheel uh, with, with the advanced pedals, if it has those analog pedals and you can use those and there's several different DIY options. Uh, so check this thread out if you're interested in that. What a neat idea for it, though, and very inexpensive idea as well, right? Like, if you think about, compared to your wheel to this little um, plug-in that attaches to any rim, you know, you just, it's just hand controls that it use with your, it looks like your thumb, you're going to be left-handed, right-handed and do it. I think it's a wonderful idea for uh, for amputees or anybody that can't, has no use of their legs or vice versa, I guess, on certain things, right? Yeah, you're looking at the that hand controller that was actually the next uh, next reply in the in the thread. I had not looked at it yet. That's really inexpensive. Um, and I had a I had a teammate back in the R Factor days in the in back in the back before 2010 even. And not only did he was almost para or quadriplegic, uh, he could just barely lift his arms. His arms were so weak, but he could move his fingers. And so he actually had his steering wheel in one hand. And, and a trigger for the for the throttle and thumb for the brake. Yeah, whatever works. Uh, I thought this was a great story. Uh, the son uh, of the guy, here's what he wrote. I'm going to read it real quick. Uh, he has very little leg control. Budget is not a problem. Charlotte is his favorite, and I will do what it takes to get him on track. The 3D wrap product looks like the best solution. His vision deteriorated with the stroke, so he bought a curved 65-inch Samsung. He's not bad at all and can run street stock at Charlotte with anybody. When he logs in and races, I'll be sure that y'all are aware ahead of time. 81 and no legs, passing 18-year-old people, you will love the smile on his face. Thank you, he doesn't have long left, and this is his number one wish. Awesome story. When I'm 81, my number one wish is uh, put me in a carb cup race, boys. I'm going to show them what's up. Imagine how the VR will be then. They probably just you probably just have something directly plugged into your brain where you just actually think you're there. Does that mean if your brain has low memory, will it run lag? <laughs> probably, especially in your case, right? I know when I'm 81, I'm not even going to have to use the washroom, so I can race all day. I'll just be wearing diapers. I'm kind of looking forward to that. You've seen that rig picture with the toilet, right, as a chair? Uh. Yeah, but I'm afraid of the legs falling asleep. <laughs> Wasn't that done on Mythbusters where you're not supposed to sit for a certain amount of time on one of those? Or you can cause clotting in your legs? That's what's wrong. First time winner, 
Ashton Crowder final time at turn four to his first win in the E-NASCAR Peaked. And the Monster Mile in 2020 is tamed by Nick Garillo. Going to look to the bottom. It is not going to be enough. And Ryan Luza is going to go back to back. He steals the win at Thunder Valley. Welcome, the voice of iRacing, Evan Pasoko. Get, uh, joining us, Evan Pasoko. Thanks for coming. Thanks for having me, guys. After uh, a pretty interesting race for all of those who uh, joined us on Tuesday. Well, absolutely. Let's uh, jump into it. It was the All Star race uh, for the Coke Boys, and uh, let's first start about the format. Uh, we had uh, heat races and a last chance qualifier. Uh, that was kind of new. Yeah, that was always going to be, uh, you know, the idea, um, because in years past, it was kind of an, and we mentioned this, it was kind of something that Ray organized, but iRacing stepped up this year, uh, and, and they wanted it to be sanctioned. And it was really close to it being the 87 cup cars at North Wilkesboro, but because we have already seen that um, in, as far as like a NASCAR sanctioned thing on iRacing with the Pro Invitational, um, they opted to go for trucks instead, um, and I, I think it turned out great. I mean, I, I stand by the fact that I think it's one of the best short tracks on the service, and uh, it certainly gave us some fireworks, but I'm always a fan of you know doing the heat-style racing and uh, the LCQs and, and whatnot, so I think uh, they did a pretty good job with the format, and hopefully, um, you know, iRacing always sanctions the uh, the All-Star Race going forwards. Now, I wasn't able to really see too much. Uh, I was kind of sidetracked of the heats. Uh, anything you want to mention in the heats or the last chance before we talk about the feature? I mean, they, they were relatively calm. I mean, uh, in our first two heats, uh, it was the guys who started up front that finished up front and won uh, their respective heat races. So so there was real no big shock there. Um but I think that, you know, you did see a little bit of desperation. I just feel like if we had had all 40 drivers show up, that maybe would have been a little bit more because of everybody that joined. I think we only ended up actually sending six home. Um, so if it was up to me, I would have made it even harder to get in. And I think it might have made the uh, the heats a little bit more exciting. Um, but, uh, I mean, they were they were calm-ish. I mean, you did have some chaos. The most part, the cars that were wrecking were, like, outside of the top 10, outside of the top six transfer. They were you know, just kind of desperate to do anything. So uh, it wasn't as uh, crazy as I thought it would be. Of course, uh, as we'll mention, the, I think the feature more than uh, enough made up for that, though. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and so as we got into the feature, uh, Asus uh, announced an all-star giveaway where they're giving away Asus products. Uh, pretty cool, again, to have them on board. It looks like ongoing with this. Yeah, I think it's been, uh, they've been a presenting partner for the broadcast now for our last three, and we have done uh, the giveaway for the past two. And it's not just, um, you know, they're not just giving away kind of leftover stuff. I think the last two uh, giveaways have included basically their, their brand new motherboards that have, you know, kind of just hit the market. So that's cool. I know that iRacing is trying to get more people involved in that and try to sell uh, more advertising spots, but uh, it's cool to have uh, an official gaming hardware hardware partner for the series. Um, and I think that it's uh, you know obviously companies like that sponsor so many different kinds of esports. Uh, the guys at kind of the top level of this are are working on some pretty serious machines. So I think it's a sponsorship that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. 
All right, let's get into the race. Uh, it was interesting at the front at the beginning. Uh, it was clean though, uh, but it shook out around P30. It was uh, Jake Nichols, uh, Kane Cook, uh, Bobby Zelinsky, Logan Clampett up front. Uh, Colin Keister, Jimmy Mullis uh, was was what the front looked like, uh, and then lap 35, a uh, King. Uh, Kane Cook gets into the leader, and the leader goes around and Nichols. I, I think after even having the pole, yeah, that was. Uh, I, I guess it would it would go on to be a, a preview of events to come after uh, you know Jake got turned around. Uh, I think it was down in in one and two, and it was kind of a, a harmless little spin. Um, you know, I, I think that we were expecting there to be some beating and banging and. Uh, obviously, I think that was relatively minor compared to you know some of the other incidents. Obviously, but uh, I, I think that it was interesting to see kind of the duality of some of the drivers who were, and we'll talk about this when we get to the finish. Uh, you know, some of the guys who were who were just kind of hanging out. I mean, some guys got wrecked and they were laughing about it on the radio. You know, just real loose, uh, and other guys who were uh, a little bit more serious about it. But uh, yeah, I mean, it started off harmless enough. Yeah, absolutely. So we had a, another good little run there to lap 57. It was caution for Colin Keister. He wrecked by himself in a very interesting wreck uh, where it was on the backstretch in op- into the opening of the wall. And he was just running up so high, he was almost running on the wall. And he approached that entrance where, you know, uh, there's a crossover. And he literally hit the other side of it uh, with the front end of his car and uh, took out Casey Kerwin as a, a result. Yeah, the the wall before the opening is is a little bit further back towards like the back of the track than the wall is after that. So if you run the wall up to the cutoff and you're on it after the opening, you're, you're going to clip the wall and uh, you know probably just get a little bit of damage, but. Uh, he, uh, he paid the price cause you know, there's no invisible kind of barrier there. You can park a car in there if you want. And, uh, he, he drove it and clipped it and, uh, was punished very severely. And then poor Casey had nothing to do with it, but, uh, he was punished as well. Cause, uh, that kind of destroyed his truck. Yeah. He put up a video of his onboard of that and he, there's no missing it. It's just like the car, you know, stopped right in front of him and he, there's nowhere to go. And. But that's been his season, pretty much. And I think uh, somebody had posted, it might have been uh, the, the Burton Klugerman account or, or Logan Clamp that had posted earlier in the day that when he was practicing, uh, he actually did the same thing and, and was going to wait for something like that to happen uh, in uh, in the race. And uh, unfortunately, uh, I guess for both the guys in it, but, uh, you know, uh, Casey's kind of the innocent guy there. Yeah, and I mean, there's there's nothing that you can do when, when a car goes about I don't, know what, I don't know what speed they were going down the back straightaway, but 100 and something to, you know, 20 uh, in front of you. Right. And then tire limits we've had for the first time. And still, nobody pitted for tires at the halfway mark. I was just a tiny bit surprised by that. I thought somebody would try it. Yeah, we thought maybe that halfway point was going to be it. And we would go on to learn that, of course, with that competition yellow guaranteed, uh, that, you know, when they didn't pit at halfway, we thought, okay, maybe... Uh, you know, they'll just all pay it at the, the comp yellow break. And it, it actually ended up being in between the two points, uh, which was the right decision. Uh, you know, I haven't had a chance because uh, I don't do a lot of league racing. So I haven't been able to to do a lot of the, the tire limit stuff. And 
I don't know if that's something that they're going to institute in the Coke series going forward. So, you know, some of the drivers have asked for it, but I mean, certainly in this all-star kind of format where you, where you can kind of uh, exaggerate the strategy. I mean, you know, I don't think we'd be doing uh, a normal Coke race with only one or two sets of tires. It'd probably be a little bit higher, but I think that, uh, you know, at least in this form uh, to, to force these drivers into strategy made the race because from that second point on, uh, even though a majority of the field opted not to come down uh, and get service, it was uh, you know the kind of lone driver who did that kind of made the storyline. And I think without that tire limit, the race wouldn't have been exciting as it was. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, it was lap 59 on the restart. Clampett, Zelensky, Bolin, Reynolds, Alfala for the restart. Uh, around 55 to go, Galinsky uh, gets turned into, but no caution on that one. And then even showed an in-car camera of Ray Alfala. I thought it was interesting because it looks like he's just having a, a, a good time at a comedy show. I mean, he's laughing it up. He's talking on the radio. And he's side-by-side, side, you know, racing within inches with some guy. But it was kind of interesting to see how nonchalant he was. Yeah, he was talking a lot. I mean, and that's not just, um, you know, like at the back of the pack. I mean, he was in a good position running up front and, kind of chatting all the time, you know, and, and my, I've mentioned this before on the podcast, the fact that, you know, I think one of my favorite integrations into our coverage this year uh, is the fact that we do have those driver cams live now. And sometimes we go to guys and I mean, they don't talk at all. I mean, they're, you know, they're getting constant communication from the spotter and, you know, strategist, crew chief, whatever you want to call them, but they're quiet. And, uh, you know, maybe uh, Ray a little bit more talkative of the fact that it was the all-star race, not a normal one. So you're a little bit less, uh, you know, uptight about it. But uh, I think that kind of showed the spirit of the event is it was supposed to be a fun one. And, and certainly a lot of guys had a good time. Yeah, I don't think he had a good time at the end, but we'll talk about that well, later. He, he did up till a certain point. Yeah. Yeah. So there was lots of side by side action right there uh, after the restart, even three wide at times. Uh, Kristen Schallner uh, was the one who got tires and all of a sudden we realized he was marching uh, literally through the field, uh, took the lead uh, with 48 to go. Um, we didn't even realize that he pitted, I think, until we saw him coming up through there. Uh, and, you know, he got, you know, up there. And the question was at that point, is he going to lap the entire field? Because that would have worked out for him. Yeah, it was going to be super close. And you're right. I mean, we didn't even notice initially that he had come down pit road and pitted just because, I mean, that's how far down the running order he went. I mean, we just kind of assumed, all right, you know, somebody at the back of the back coming in uh, and he and he gets the tires and he is you know, two and a half seconds faster per lap right off of the get go obviously unlaps himself and, and it was going to be close. You know, if we had run out to the comp yellow, he would have been, in theory, if he didn't, you know, fall off on the tires anymore, he probably would have been able to just get to the leaders. Um, but I think with traffic, realistically, he probably could have lapped everybody outside of the top 10. I think he would have been hard-pressed to do any more than that. Um, but he was, I mean, he was flying. And, uh, you know, at, at that point, we're kind of thinking, all right, he makes the race-winning call, of course, with everybody not taking the tires, we really didn't expect one person to go off, so we weren't really paying that much attention uh, to what the fall-off was, but uh, it was uh, a gamble with a damaged truck at that. I think maybe that's why he opted to go for that call as, you know, truck was beat up, running around in the back. He figured, why not? Right. 
Yep, and it was interesting to watch him carve through there. Uh, 35 to go. Zach Novak, uh, again, bad luck continues for him. He spun. There was no caution. Uh, Then we had a caution on 34 to go. Nathan Lyon uh, spins on his own. Alex McCollum was collected. Uh, Most cars pit at this point with 34 to go. Uh, Challenger, he has to stay out, and his bed's made, and he's pretty much screwed. Yeah, obviously no sets of tires left, so he's going to assume the uh, the race lead. And, uh, you know, at that point, I think his tires were about 30 laps or so older uh, than everybody else who pitted. And I think that, I don't know if they pitted at that point in response to him or if it was kind of a game to do what the guy in front of you does. Um, because, again, when they didn't pit it halfway, as you mentioned, which surprised you, surprised us as well, we were kind of thinking, all right, well, then, you know, you're just going to pit at the comp yellow. We had three cars pit at the comp yellow, but those were kind of the only three cars left. And that little bit of a tire advantage from that point on to the end wasn't good enough for them. So it was that middle decision that, you know, three quarters of the field chose uh, to pit before that about 10 lap to go restart to the competition caution uh, was the race winning one. And uh, off of the restart, you know, Challenger looked like, uh, you know, everybody else that he was blowing past. I mean, he just didn't stand a chance. Right. It was a tough break for him. Um Corey Vincent, Phil Diaz, John Gorlinski were the ones who waited for the competition caution at 20 to go. Uh, it was back to green 29 to go. Uh, fresh tires, uh, they take it three wide immediately. I mean, it was uh, not even into turn one. It shook out to be Clampett, Alfala, Zelensky, Reynolds, and then they threw the competition caution at 22 to go. Uh, the last few drivers pitted, but they ended up cycled completely to the back. So it just didn't work out for them because, like you said, most of the field, 75% of them pitted before. Yeah, and I mean, at that point, you know, you, you got to try it. Um, you know, I'm not sure if we had green-white checkers on, if it was going to be necessary or not. Um, but, you know, the only thing that pays out is the top spot. So there's really no benefit to trying to stay out and defend and track position. Go get tires, see what happens. Um, but, you know... Uh, the 30-lap advantage for the previous stop over Challenger, obviously uh, not the same as those trucks who pitted and only said, you know, had 10-lap fresher tires. They did gain some spots, but, you know, by the time we actually restarted, it was only 16, 15 laps to go, plus the yellow in there. Uh, you know, I, I just, I think at that point, it didn't pit, it, it didn't work out. And uh, if you didn't make the pit stop before, you, you know, you're kind of stuck because you could have pitted after you saw everybody else pit the yellow before, but you're at the back of the pack, it's equal tires. I mean, uh, it's just kind of the, the luck of the draw and getting caught out on the wrong strategy. And it's the way it is. You know, sometimes maybe you intentionally go off cycle in a race like this where, you know, I don't care if I finish fifth. I, I got to go for the win. But, uh, yeah, it just didn't work out. Yep. And back to green, 18 to go. It was Clampett, Zelensky, Alfala, Reynolds. Uh, Blake Reynolds, this is where he starts making uh, not so many friends. He got into Alfala a little bit and gets by uh, Bolin finally, and that pushed Ray high, and, and Ray was hung out, and then Bolin, everyone's trying to go by Ray, and Bolin finally gets into Ray just a little bit, uh, and Ray gets turned into the wall. Big wreck, about six cars involved in that one. That was really the big one. Yeah, and at that point, you know, you're uh, a lot more uh, take uh, as opposed to give. I mean, you know, you're especially towards the front-ish of the field is – uh, if the truck in front of me is going to slow me down, I'm I'm going through him. And that's part. I don't think that you see that if it's a points race. Obviously, I think these guys are still going to be aggressive with one another. But 
uh, you know, that kind of goes back to the the point that I'd kind of alluded to earlier where, where some guys, uh, you know, I, I don't want to say weren't taking it as seriously because it's not a points race. I mean, $500 on the line, still a lot of money. But, uh, you know, for a non-points race, I feel like they felt more inclined uh, to maybe rough each, rough each other up. Yeah, it was getting a little bit rough at that point. Uh, it was back to green, six to go. Zelensky nearly gets turned in front of the pack, uh, but saves it. He was dead sideways and somehow saved that baby. No caution. And then four to go. It was Clampett, Reynolds, Bolin, Bolton, Ottinger, Nichols, Santiago Tiras was having a good run up there. Uh, two to go. It was down to Clampett and Reynolds, who had a kind of a breakaway fighting for the lead. Uh, you know, Clampett had, uh, you know, a car length or more on him. Uh, as they were finishing up there into the final turns. And, uh, boy, he got he just drove it in there. Blake Reynolds uh, uh, went in, got he was going to hit him in the bumper, and he went, like, further than the bumper and just literally pushed him out of the way, and and he overcorrected, and it just turned right into the wall and, and basically took both of them out. Yeah, I thought they were actually going to be side-by-side to the line. You know, as you mentioned, Blake drove it into the bumper once. Logan got loose, and then he hit him again. And obviously, that's when the 19 got sideways. And, you know, I thought Clampett was going to save it, and he was probably going to be slower on the inside, losing the momentum, and Blake was going to pass him to the outside. I, I think that was the, you know, kind of blueprint for the three truck to try to win the race, but it was when Logan tried to save it, did it, you know, go up and, and crash them both out. And, and Graham was about a second behind them going into the final quarter. Uh, and he comes out as the race winner. And I'll tell you what, guys, I think after this race, I saw more tweets about E-NASCAR and people talking about the finish that I have seen about a race uh, in a long time. So it certainly generated uh, lots of opinions. Well, and I was, I was, I was noticing the same thing, Evan. I, like I saw that incident, I've watched it a bunch of times because it's obviously it's being posted and posted and posted. But when he went into that corner and got on him, he he hit him and then got into him again. But it's it's the actions of what um, uh, what he what uh, it was Ashton did when he was trying to correct it, or Logan was trying to do when he corrected it. Um. But I think Logan was actually, I don't know if he was trying to correct it. It kind of, remi- me, it kind of looked like maybe he was actually trying to make sure that uh, he did the other, or he didn't win the race either. Like both of them weren't going to win it. I'm going to wreck. Like, I'm taking him with me. Yeah, that's what I was looking at it as. And it, it, I don't blame either side for what went down there. It was racing. They're racing for wins. And listening to, reading some of the tweets, you understand where they're both coming from. I feel bad for one. And, um, I feel bad for both of them because they're they're having to answer to what trying to win a race, right? They're trying to win this race. That's all they come for is to win it. They bring either the steering wheel home or the checkered flag. I love the camera view where it's it's Logan's bumper view from behind, and you can see uh, Blake Reynolds coming at him with his front bumper, and he hits him so hard it ghosts into the truck, and you can see like the engine of his truck because it went beyond the the camera on the bumper went beyond the radiator, so to speak, for a moment because he hit him so hard. I think that takes a, a whole new meeting, uh, you know, to the term of driving through him, and and right. he did, and 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 I'll agree with what you guys said because I don't think Blake just wanted to dump him. 
if you want to dump somebody, you just hit him on the quarter panel. You know, he could have easily looked to the inside and turned him on the first shot. He hit him hard. Don't get me but wrong. He hit him and he drove through him. Right. But he at least he stayed on the bumper of the truck. So we gave Logan a chance, a little bit of a chance, but he gave him a chance. And, uh, you know, I, I did not look the onboard to see if, you know, Logan may have cranked it all the way right to to take Blake with him. But, um, you know, I, I don't think that it's it's as dirty as it, you know, the end result made it look just because they they crashed because if Blake just wanted to clean him out, he could have just drove through the right or the left rear, you know. So he stayed on the bumper, hit him once, twice, and then tried to go to the outside. You know, I, I've seen a lot of people draw comparisons to uh, the Homestead finale last year where, you know, with $40,000 on the line, there's no contact between Keegan and Zach. And and I think Keegan had, had tweeted uh, something about that's how the, the last lap should be. And and I think that there, everybody's entitled to an opinion. I do think that the fact that it was the All-Star race certainly gives it different criteria than if you just took somebody out in a points race, let alone a championship race. But, um, yeah, I don't get was as dirty as certainly Logan no. feels. And you can understand why he's mad because he was going to get a win. That would be good for the team. Obviously, you get the, the $500 as well. But, I mean, he drove through him, but he didn't, you know, just completely dump him. Uh, it, was, it was very aggressive. Don't get me wrong. But I think the end result looked worse than what actually happened if you, if you go back and watch. But if they want to compare it to Homestead last year, you can't compare different drivers and stuff like that. There's 43 different or 40 different personalities out there. Not everyone races the same. Like even if you look at real NASCAR this year, like like the difference between some of the races, the way they've finished, like between Joey Logano and Chase Elliott this year on how they've been going at it, um, things like, and then you got other ra- guys that race each other respectfully um, for races. It just depends on the people and what they're racing for, too, right? Well, good point. I mean, Blake Reynolds, we saw him last year in the Coke Series do some very aggressive racing there. And uh, when he was, you know, running for the championship, which, you know, into the top four. But uh, I, you almost expect that from him in this. But, again, this is short track racing NASCAR style, guys. It's typical for the guy in second to be the best seat. You know, he has the best option of winning because – if you're the leader, you know you're going to get the bumper. I mean, you look at some of these short tracks that these NASCAR, you know, short track racers do. Uh, this is normal. This is kind of how they go. But hopefully they don't wreck. In this case, they did, and it was kind of a big wreck. And I think that over exaggerated it. Well, I see well yeah, and I much. just want to sorry jump in. And, oh, I just want to mention just to that point before I forget. You know, that's what a lot of the drivers said as well. Is you know, everybody else knew that it was coming, maybe except for uh, for Logan there, who, you know, maybe should have drove it into the corner a little bit deeper, you know, kind of expecting something like that to come. But, you know, to, to Mike's point as well, like like he mentioned to Homestead, trucks at North Wilkesboro in an all-star race, very, very different than cup cars at Homestead. Speed, you know, the way the cars drive, what's actually on the line, the drivers involved. And, yeah, and, and that's why I'm... I'd like all the cars to get to the to the end of the race, uh, you know, but from an excitement standpoint, that's that's kind of what you expect. I mean, this race with the format, money on the line, inverts, I mean, it's kind of designed for that finish. Now, the other thing I see it as, too, like, obviously, we're talking about Blake Reynolds here, but, um, you know, he if you're talking about them expecting it to happen, like, 
I don't like anybody back in the day when, you know, you Dale Earnhardt's in second place coming at you on the last lap, you know what's kind of coming. I'm not comparing Blake Reynolds to Dale Earnhardt or anything like that, but, you know, every, all these guys are here to prove something and to win. And at Blake, in his, we're going to get to his tweet uh, a little bit in a bit here, but he sums it up really well in the fact that he doesn't owe, he owes everything to what he's racing for. He doesn't owe it to anybody else. Right. He's trying to make a, he's trying to get a win for his sponsor and his team and, you know, uh, and that kind of thing. So yeah, he did post an apology. I don't know if it's an apology or uh, just a note on uh, Twitter because after the race, uh, you know, Logan, you know, understandably had his feelings hurt a little bit and he posted a few things and Parker Kligerman posted a few things, but it was, it was reasonable considering the situation. Uh, but I think some people took it over the line. Apparently uh, somebody uh, messaged Blake, some kind of hate message, like go kill yourself or something like that. And Blake uh, brought that up on Twitter that somebody has stooped to that level. And it's kind of ridiculous uh, considering what we're trying to do here. Yeah, I mean, there's there's really no reason, even if it is honestly for forty thousand dollars. I mean, there's no reason uh, for anybody to, to take it that far. And I think, unfortunately, that's kind of uh, you know like an internet culture thing is is people just say things without you know thinking about the the possible repercussions. And and listen, I I love Blake for it. We we, we want personalities in this. Uh, you know, Blake did post uh, that kind of apology note or, or you know, kind of summary of, of his opinion. But I mean, after the race, I mean, he was gold on Twitter. You know, I think he quote tweeted uh, Logan's tweet at one point and said, uh, you know, just think if it was for 40,000, what I would do. I mean, every, you know, race we were talking with uh, with Nick about this before each of our races and, uh, and the little intro, we got Nick Ottinger saying he'd wreck his grandma to win the championship. Right. I mean, we want the drama we want personalities i don't think there's anything wrong with rivalries and, and drivers can be mad at each other right i mean you know not every rivalry is i don't want to say good spirited but in fun spirits i mean you can dislike somebody that's fine um and the drivers can go back and forth and i think as as a fan as a consumer you can enjoy that but i think too oftentimes people take that kind of a rivalry and maybe not as much in the sim racing space as maybe in real nascar when you know, you have fans of two different drivers going back and forth. I think it's fun when the drivers have their rivalries, and it could be real. But I don't. I think that people need to remember that you know you at home can enjoy it, but like you're not a part of it. And I don't see any reason why you can give your opinions on Twitter. We love that. You know, we want people to be in the conversation. But uh, you know, it, there's no need to be to be messaging messaging drivers stuff like that. Yeah, I'm not- and. I'm a fan of, of Blake. I mean, I, I think uh, I, I like his move. I mean, I think it's not Blake Reynolds if he doesn't do it. I mean, he has his, it's not, I don't want to say he has a reputation to live up to, but we've seen him race super aggressive before. And this is just one of those situations where he's put in that position. He's got the checkered flag in front of him. Yeah, hell yeah, he's going to try it. Should we, uh, should we read the tweet, Mike, just to, so that it, you know, give it context? Well, sure, I can read it out. Uh, it says here, number one, this was an all-star event that only paid for the first spot and was going for the money in a non-official race was my only goal. Number two, my antics on Twitter were nothing but to gain exposure for my brand sponsors, the series, everyone involved, any exposures, good exposure, 
And if me being a bad guy on Twitter is what it takes, then that's what I will do. I understand why Clampett is upset, but in this situation, I'm going to go for the money too and not just ride behind. Finally, in any form, death threats or telling someone to kill themselves is unacceptable behavior. Amazing to see how passionate the community is about these races, but there is no reason for this. You don't know how someone's mental health is, and that may be something that can send them over the edge. I'm glad you sent those messages to me and not somebody else that would have acted on your words. Have a nice day, everyone. Which I, I got two points with this. Like I was saying in our thread, we were talking about, obviously, this uh, death threat part. They need to find out where this came from because, obviously, the majority of people that probably follow the E-Series e probably is a iRacing member of the site and I think they should be held accountable for the words that they're typing like the same as someone being uh, caught speaking words like Larson was caught speaking yeah, words. Larson typing. was held accountable this guy whoever it is if he's part of the service should be held the same accountability this is insensitive it's wrong and it it has no place for nowadays we don't have a place for anything like this this hate cannot be put like look or blake sums it up really well and like he's, he's an understanding person but he's right if you send it to the wrong person that can get someone down and, and and send them into a spiral and you don't want that what the shame is is this is the second time that i know this has happened we had simon pagino have the same problem yeah and the other thing that i know blake's saying that you know Blake's got to wonder too, like, okay, he's done this. He's Clampett and him now kind of have, you know, they have this in the background. Say Blake's running for a championship and Clampett's not, you know, he's got to wonder, like, this could come back to bite him sometime down the road too. Like, there is two ways to play this side, right? So you got to be careful when you're like this. I get that he wants to pump up his brand and stuff too, but he's also got to be, you know, mindful on the track because look at, you know, it, it's even NASCAR is playing out that way right now between Joey Logano and Chase Elliott. They're having their own little thing going on right now, and it costed Chase a win. But I'm not saying that Clampett's that way or Blake's that way, but you got to be careful who you're racing with and what you're doing to not cost you down the road, right? Because Clampett could easily ruin a championship for him if he, if he was running for one. I like the rivalry. I think we saw, you know, uh, I think it was Luza earlier in the race got got moved out of the way and and came back to to check somebody Ooh. up as well. So those yeah. those consequences from contact can be immediate or or they can be long term as well. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, he was a lap down and was like waiting for the guy or something. All right, well, let's talk next race. We're what's the next points race, Evan? We got coming up, and uh, how do the point? Obviously, the points haven't changed. Yeah, so obviously no shakeup uh, in the standings, and and I think that uh, you know we we had a really good opportunity, which was you know, a little bit random timing wise to get the graphic, but uh, we actually got to spend some time at the start of the race talking about points, and I'm you know kind of uh, a big stat fan, and uh, I loved all the different stats we got as far as you know where everybody in the points sit. So so nothing changes there. It, it's still Leahy, Luza, Lowe, Zelensky, Contiat, and Davies and Nichols. Uh, as our top eight, but uh, we're headed off to Indianapolis, which has always been uh, a tricky track because, you know, we talked a lot about, you know, trying to learn these cars and and, and figure out, you know, uh, different kind of tracks with this package. And 
Uh, there's a lot of tricky tracks up on the calendar, and, and Indianapolis uh, is one of them, which uh, has provided thrills in the past. And, you know, on, on the sim, the package is kind of like the hyper perfect version of of what NASCAR's ideals are with it. And uh, it's a tough track. I mean, I know a lot of the drivers aren't a huge fan of it, but but that's our next trip out uh, in two Tuesdays time uh, on the 30th. And uh, we're getting into the second half of the regular season. So so eight races down, eight to go. And uh, we're getting closer to the postseason. All right. It's been a good one. Evan Pasoko, thank you so much for coming on and talking Coke racing with us. And uh, we'll catch you on the next one. We'll see you guys then. All right. Thank you. Blake Reynolds makes the move for the win. He makes it down here in turn three. We'll see what one and two has. Lost a little bit of time that last time through three and four. Now it's the final run down the back straightaway. The gap is going to glow up the hill down into turn number three. He goes to the bumper once, twice. Clip it spins. Reynolds into the outside wall. And from P3, Graham Bolin wins the all-star race at North Wilkesboro Speedway. All right, let's pick up where we left off. I think we were on the 80-year-old guy. Um, what was the next one? We're going World of Outlaws season preview. So uh, the next season is starting, uh, looks like June 22nd. And uh, they're going to be battling for a, a share of $25,000. Um, it looks like it's going to be was it nine weeks. Is it nine weeks there? yeah uh racing and uh it'll look uh look forward to uh seeing how the this season breaks or gets going for them yeah and i love how these are staggered i mean we just finished up uh the other dirt car and now they're doing these and uh you know you just go from one to the other i love it yeah and imsa finished up soon recently too didn't it yeah so you got different series ending at different times. It's perfect to you. There's always something to watch, right? So it looks yep. like on uh, on the 22nd, they're going to be going to Volusia Speedway to start the season off. So good luck, guys. Um, I'll be cheering for my fellow Canadian there, uh, Alex Bergeron, and see what happens. Get it, Alex, and get the the double crown, as they call it. Tony, tell us about some tire limits. Oh, they're coming. They're coming. I hope you boys are excited. Uh, um, <laughs> come on now. Mike, I don't know if get, it's good for me or not. You're going to start getting those hate tweets again. Uh, I don't know. Well, Road to Pro is, uh, is, is certainly getting tire limits, and pretty much everywhere else is going to be rolling out soon. Um, but they just announced that uh, for the remainder of the Road to Pro series, um, the, a lot of tire sets will be as followed. I'm not going to read them out here, but it's you know between three and five sets. Um, so uh, to clarify, if you have you know one set that's counted is the one set that's already on your car uh, when you start the race. So if it's three sets, then um, you can change your uh, your tires in two pit stops. So. Uh, it looks like that they will be rolling it out for the NIS uh, next week, I believe. That's what they yep. said. Yes, next a, week. A, B, and C as well. 
so I'm pretty okay with this change. Um, I mean, it's it's probably going to be calamity for the first couple of weeks. Like, it, you know, I've seen uh, a bunch of times, but uh, it'll it'll s- settle on in, and well, I guess we'll see what happens. I'm kind of hoping it might settle people down a little bit. I think the problem we're going to have, Tony, is people are just not going to pay attention. I think that's the biggest thing is it's going to, you're going to, you're going to be, we're all accustomed to pitting and getting tires, right? And guys that are going to be coming in and out and doing it, they're going to run out of tires and then they're going to get to say halfway point and they only have one set left. They could be in trouble. And then, then what happens? Then you got somebody out there that has no tires left or can't drive on them. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm glad for this change. I I can't wait. And if they do if they don't have tires, they'll probably stay out and try to and try to be a moving cane in front of everybody. Well, quite frankly, I see that stuff anyways. So, you know, if they got no tires left and I mean, I would kind of think that if you hit the gas and all you're doing is spinning out, you can't go anywhere. You're just going to finally get tired of it and park it. So maybe um, like where I race, maybe I'll just get guys to park it a little sooner um, but like I said, like the first few weeks, it's, it's probably going to be, you know, a bit of a shit show, but, um, as people get used to this deal, um, hopefully it'll, I'm hoping it would settle people down. Okay. So the way I'm going to manage this is, is the following. So for example, road to pro Dover is 170 laps. They're going to give five sets of tires that equals 34 laps per, uh, set. So if you take a uh, 170 divided by five, it equals 34. So the rule you set for yourself when you go run that race, you can't pit until you've run 34 laps on a set of tires. That's the rule for yourself. Yeah. And you're going to basically have to plan out, you know, each race just like that. And I think that's kind of a welcome change. It just adds to it a little bit. Yeah. But if you get a caution on say, lap 29 but you really want to go 34 do you compromise and pit then because it's yellow because you don't want to pit under green you know when it comes to 34 so yeah you're gonna have to fudge it depending on what's going on it's going to be it's definitely going to add another element of the pit strategy for sure mike explain what you were saying there again for a sec i was kind of in and out there what were you saying about to the 34 laps but it's basically what he did is he divided up how many laps you get. Per okay, tire. but that's not how you worry work tire wear or anything like that, Mike. You you don't you don't ever split the amount of laps to how many tires set tires you have. You don't you you work it as you go. Or the only time you really actually do that is on road courses, and you know how far you go on each thing. Uh, in ovals, I think you're overthinking it. You right. Just, but... You just run it. And, but I'm saying to break bad habits, I mean, when there's a caution on lap 19, you can't pit. <laughs> yeah, but if you're going to have, what, five sets, is that what they're saying? Five there's, sets for 170 laps, right. And that's and then, and one of those sets is, so you basically have four plus your starting set, right? Right, so that's 34 a, a set. Yeah, you're going to, I see as people probably either, what I would say is just the first half of the race, just stay out as long as you can and save those tires for the end and I save like them it. for the you got to have them for the end more than anything 
but trying to overthink it and okay, I, I got to get to flat this 34 on these tires. You're going to, you're going to burn yourself out trying to try and do that. You, you just, this is why it's called strategy. You have no idea what's going to happen in the race and things change so quickly. But you're, but to your point, you can't use up all your tires before halfway. I like your idea of trying to just stretch it at the beginning. To be honest, you're really only going to, you know, you should only use two sets maybe in a race plus your starting set. Unless you've done a, say, a, you know, you spun out or got in a wreck or something and you've, you know, used up your tires, you want to get another set. Kind of use a couple so you got stuff left over for the end, especially... Who knows, like a place at Chicago, if say all the people are like 30 or 40 laps on their, and they're out of retires and you got a fresh set, go get them, right? Right. Like, you that's what you got to play. Well, I mean, nine and a half out of 10 NIS races, like your first set of tires should probably last you 50 laps. You can pretty much put that at any, at any track because there's so many, you know, you're almost guaranteed a you know two two to three cautions before lap fifty, um, just the way guys are. So, you know, you're saving tires right there as it is, right? I think the hardest tracks that are going to be to do this is like the the hardest one. I don't know what I, have they given any idea what they're going to do for the Darlington race because the Darlington one's a five full set, one. Yeah, five sets, 140 laps. Well. Yeah, but the Darlington one's a full race. It's 360 laps or something like that. So they'll probably have to change that one. Well, yeah, they, they haven't announced all that. They only announced the Road to Pro amounts, but the NIS amounts will be announced uh, for this next week. Okay. But I think the ones that you'll have problems at is the higher amounts, like the 250 for Bristol again, the 250 for Bart or for Martinsville. Trying to figure out how you run tires in that race because it's never a fuel race on those tracks it's it's who's on the right tires at the right time and who's avoided stuff right well at martinsville in the past the per- the pace car was so fast you couldn't pit very often well i wonder if takes just car, rights or takes just lifts i wonder if the pace car was getting new tires by the time it was done going around so fast so they're also doing it for indy car apparently as well sit they can limit the sets. They need to get compounds for the Indy car, which would really make that interesting, having a softer and a harder compound. Yeah, we talked about it last week, that that's part of the plan. Okay, I want to bring up a reminder about the Super Car, oh, excuse me, Super Cup Sprint Challenge by Porsche. Uh, don't forget that this is going on, people, and it's an official series, and there's money available to be taken. Um, they have that super session on Saturday or excuse me. It's yeah, it's right before the main event and, uh, <clears throat> there's uh points and everything going on. So check it out. And while we're hitting reminders, uh, there was a tweet out and probably several forum post reminders. iRacing really wants as many of us as possible to use the beta UI for loading into 24 hours of Le Mans this weekend. So. It's they're basically saying do it or else it's going to crash. They're expecting the highest amount of participants from what Ever. I've been reading. Yeah. I, I ran the, the four o'clock sprint Le Mans this morning or this afternoon, right after we finished NIS and there was 400 registered. And that's, that's the, 
that's the two hourly race. That's not 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 an NIS event. That's pretty high. That is something. All right, next is a video. This is the top 10 highlight. So the other video was the not top 10. And uh, yeah, they're on a roll. So this week they got both videos out. Uh, this one was great. I think the theme on this was four wide, perhaps, because a bunch of them had some four wide finishes and whatnot. Uh, again, high quality video. If you love racing and like looking at highlights and that kind of thing, this is gold. The uh, the one that got me was the first one there, the ten number ten. They say it's three wide, but it kind of was four wide uh, with that lap car or whatever they were trying to get around there. Uh, it was really close to uh, to wrecking, but they did a good job. And they had a, a couple different Indy cars at Indy that were three wide and four wide, and uh, boy, those are amazing uh, how those worked out. Did anybody notice the one thing that they? Uh... They seem to not turn off in these videos this time for once. Does what? anybody catch it in their video? What, the crowd? The, no, the uh, the paint jobs. It actually had people's actual paint jobs on the cars. Normally, they just go the iRacing paint jobs. Oh, no trading they, paints. They had the trading paints on for some reason for this video. these videos. Now, the one at the end, the uh, dirt cars at Lernerville, Oh my God, this track and those cars is like the best freaking racing. Uh, we've talked about this before when they actually had the event. And I think this is a replay of that same event, but they literally are four wide for the win. And uh, it's just amazing to watch. I don't know how those guys drive those cars like that. That one guy is like running around the rim uh, right on the Tip edge. And that's the, and that's the track that has no, uh, no ball in the backstretch. And he wins the race. Like, the amount of speed he carries is crazy. And uh, I like the one just before that, Mike, uh, which is the first blowover uh, win. Oh, yeah. He was upside down at the checker for the win. I almost, When I saw that one, though, Greg, I thought I think they staged it, to tell you the truth. Yeah, it did. I, I, I was thinking the same thing, Mike. Like, it just seemed like it was too perfect. Right. Well, the setup definitely wasn't plowing, I can tell you that. Speaking of plowing setups, uh, we talked a little bit about last week, a lot of people complaining. I think it was Ray Alfella was tweeting up a storm about the setups in the Nationwide cars, uh, sorry, Xfinity, and uh, they updated nine of the sets in the recent patch. They did, and I understand they're a lot, uh, they're not as tight, <laughs> they're looser wonder who's helping them do that. It'd be interesting to see who's been working with them to get them all done. Now, has anyone on here heard about the sim racing police? I have. I've seen them on Twitter. Uh, they have some interesting stuff. We get some information from them. So we got a teammate of ours, our former teammate. I guess we haven't heard from Will Gibson in a while, but uh, he sent in... Uh, I guess there's some drama in the Lamar forums uh, due to pure driving school selling someone's setup as their own. Uh, according to one of their coaches, they had a setup that he wasn't sure where it came from and posted it on as their own. Don't have a link to the forum post. We don't have a link for the forum post for it, I guess, here. But um, we have the Twitter here. Uh, Dominic, is it 
Farber, Dominic Farber, posted, uh, when I drive, uh, drove the lap with the, uh, that setup, I had no clue it, uh, if the setup was someone's I had, uh, I made, or it was something I made at some point or someone uh, in the team or whatever as the only name I had was Lamont's V2 or something. So as I drove, uh, well, I've used it. Um, kind of an odd tweet here, but um, he keeps going on here. So from what I'm guessing is this driving school works. He, he's been using people, people send setups to him and take setups back. Like they're going back and forth with the setups and it sounds like they've been using them to create their own setups and then selling them. Yeah. So pure driving school is a service that is provided by Max Benicky, who is the highest I rating on road. That's the uh, one that's on the front page, right? Of the so, iRacing page. Right. So this guy is involved with him and, uh, Anyway, they some somehow they got somebody's personal set and was selling it to people because they sell sets. They're kind of like VRS. But yeah, that's a pretty shady way of doing things. If this is true, that's not. Uh, well, they this... took it down. Uh, they, I, it sounds like an honest mistake based based on the tweet you were reading. But let's just hope it's that because you know you don't want to see that. You know, someone's also benefiting off of someone else's information too but i mean get they're going back and forth it's it's a it's such a gray area when you're doing the coaching too right and if you, you think about the... what a, a set is it's just a bunch of button pushes you know what toggles you know on the sim and you know well and you're sharing information back and forth like like he says in the one uh tweet there is you know, I'll look at something and maybe it's something better someone's, you know, has while I'm dealing with them and and try to getting better and I'll use it on something I'm using done or um, and then I'll suggest something that I've been working on for. Like, I get it because of the interaction with going back and forth with a coach. It can happen where some parts of a set get used, right? Yeah, it's no big deal. Ah, so you guys are... Uh waiting on me to uh, talk about some release notes for patch two. Yes, we got a new patch. It was quite a big one, actually. Yeah, I was trying to cycle through there and see if there's uh, some things that particularly Lots of little things, me. yeah. That, nothing yeah. that really stands out. Lots of little tiny fixes and nothing that really we need to mention. Now, they did say they improved the Lucky Dog behavior when a long track's cautions are shortened. Now, I'll have to disagree we, with that. <laughs> we won't know till next week. Because Chicago's not a long track. It'll be Pocono that you'll oh, notice that. Well, However, and we, we do wonder if that change is what's causing the new change. Because uh, we noticed today and yesterday in the, in the Chicago NIS races that there's an extra caution lap now at Chicago. If not two extra laps, maybe there's even two. No, it's 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 one extra. Okay, I, it's brutal. Because I, I had to fix a lot of damage in yesterday's race, and there's a routine to get the most damage repaired and still stay on the lead lap. And I was able to, I know exactly. Normally my second time in was coming to one to go, but this time it was coming to two to go. And so I was able to stay in the pits a lot longer. And uh, 
they don't announce the lucky dog on the spotter anymore. That was broken. So yeah, it was a little frustrating at, at Chicago. I hope they get that fixed. Um, the other thing about the, the cautions, it says here that they put in the release. It says when quick cautions are enabled, the best lucky dog candidate now has their pit entrance closed for the first caution lap to ensure that they stay out and take their lucky dog wave around. All other drivers will not have their pit entrance closed. Because before the release, if you got the lucky dog, your pit was open when everybody else was because they were the lapped cars and the lead lappers were pitting at the same time on the quick caution. And so if you were the lucky dog and weren't paying attention, attention, you just pit when everyone else did and didn't get it. Uh, let's see what else it says here. I mean, there were a bunch of stuff on the cars where they did uh, set changes. We talked about that a little bit. Hopefully it's not as tight on the fixed. The other thing, the Ford GT, they had a ton of changes on the Ford GT, both the GT2 and the GT3 version. Uh, that's one of the cars I race in it, so I'll have to see what's happened. So it looks like they've changed some of the engine power for it. They actually have made the uh, pit road entry surface to uh, Circuit de Mon a lot uh, more forgiving. You can go in a little bit hotter and not spin out. Yeah. And then track camera updates at Laguna. All right, let's keep moving. Uh, let's talk about Landon's event. I think Chris Scales is uh, registered to be involved. Uh, Landon Castle tweeted out uh, the Firecracker 400 purse has now been raised to $1,200, excuse me, $12,500. Um, the Firecracker 400 on July 1st will pay 100 to start and 2000 to win. Wow. So you get paid just to start? That's pretty cool. The Firecracker 200 it will pay 500 to win, 25 to start. Would you, uh, here's a question for you guys. Would you rather have the $100 to start and only a $2,000 purse, or would you like a bigger purse for like the top three and no starting thing? Like obviously everybody would like to have some money and go home. Now, Getting getting to the top, getting to the final split with that many people registered is a huge deal. So you like that way that they've done that? Yeah, think about something like like the World Series of Poker, and it pays like you know fifty places. It says entries of top three hundred forty four, and it makes the event one of the largest independent events ever on iRacing. Now there was a post from uh, James Pike our buddy over at Podium Esports. And he conceded that this event is actually bigger than the Podium Daytona 500. And so Landon uh, told us when he came on, he was going to be a promoter. And guess what? He's the biggest promoter in iRacing right now. Mm, the Majors has some really good numbers as well, Pacific Majors. I think he's doing exactly what he he found in something that's working for him and I think he's taking it and running with it really well. There's a, a new atmospheric haze that's directly related to the relative humidity. Uh, and this is, there's a nice little video on this tweet that shows that in effect, and it makes it even harder to tell whether you're watching SIM or a real video. Oh, this isn't fog, right? No, this is haze. This is this is like what you see when it's really, really hot and humid. 
Pollution. Distortions. Distortions in the air. Pollution-y. Right. It's cool. I love how the weather and the atmosphere and the sun and the clouds have become so realistic in iRacing. We were racing at Chicago today and it's like bright and sunny and I think it's it's you know partly cloudy. And then all of a sudden I hear Tony say, man, it got dark. And David said, man, it is dark. And we had big clouds come in and block all the sunlight. It's amazing the difference. And then, you know, the clouds clear out and wow, it's like, get out my sunglasses now. Well, and David and Tony obviously kind of chest, or Tony Rochette can attest to this, but when you're in VR, it kind of reflects on the frame of the goggles and kind of feels like, you know, that you can see the, the sun coming in or going out with the way the clouds are moving. And it's, it's such a different effect when you're for, for at least us in VR. Have you experienced this yet? Um, run like the Le Mans six hour race we ran, right? It went into nighttime, but when we finished it, it was, it was only like seven o'clock here. The sun was still up. So you're thinking you've had, you've had those goggles on the whole time and it feels to you like it's probably 10 or 11 o'clock at night. Then you pull the goggles off and you're like, Oh shit, the sun's still out. Cause you become so accustomed to that gradual shift to nighttime. Is that what you mean? Well, Well, yeah, you, you feel like you're racing at night. I mean, it's, it's just that much of an immersion. Very cool. So who likes iRacing paint jobs in real life on cars? Hey. So uh, it's, it's, is it Rajaj or Raj? Raja. Raja. Oh, yeah, it's Raja Caruth. Sorry, Raja. <laughs> I apologize. Uh, he's going to be running the iRacer LMS uh, at Hickory on Saturday, and he's got posted on his Twitter page here. It's a nice, simple paint, but once again, nice advertising for iRacing. I hope uh, he's not just running the colors and we're at, they're actually sponsoring him. I hope so. Uh, but yeah, he's going to be a talent for sure. Uh, nice to see him get some sponsorship from iRacing. Let's jump to show notes. Uh, don't forget to click um, on our show notes uh, in the description of the podcast. Uh, we work hard on those. You can see all the links to everything we're looking at. Don't forget to email me at iracerslounge at gmail.com with any story ideas. I just need a link. Make it real simple, guys. Don't forget we're on the Performance Motorsports Network. And with that, let's jump to hardware software. Will this computer run iRacing? Not now. Well, first up, we got a carbon fiber custom dash button boxes from uh, open sim racing yeah we've seen these before but i thought i'd bring them up again because they're so awesome yeah yeah like i do remember these because i still have the same damn complaint as i did the last time we looked at them they look great but my god open up the wallets (laughs) these things are crazy expensive yeah, the the one is $462 for their main one. I mean, that's a lot for a button box. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I don't know. Like, I have a hard time wrapping my mind around this part. Um, like, yeah, they're carbon fiber. I get it. Carbon fiber is pretty expensive stuff to work with. Um, 
I mean, like they they look good, and I'm sure they work really well. I'm like, is it is that price point really worth just a couple of clicky buttons? Well, uh, I think it's that Porsche logo at the bottom you're paying for. Not just that. Um, you say you're our do our do it yourself uh, guy, right, Tony? Would you that do it yourself stop button is half the price of the one you can just buy straight from from a fanatic which is a large percentage i think for a doi wow oh the 51 dollar one you mean yeah I, see I, would, that. I would think you could do it yourself for more like 20. i can build a whole button box for 20 bucks yeah and that's uh, canadian so that's like three dollars for you guys so this is <laughs> OpenSimRacing.com. They have a lot of stuff, but yeah, like don't get me wrong. Like I, I complain about the prices a lot, and that's just that's that's me. I'm cheap, and but like these are good looking button boxes, and um, like I have to mention, like the uh, the D488 small and the D488 just regular. Um, like the shape of them, it's it's obviously for a certain type of car or certain type of setup but they're you know they're pretty unique shape i wish i knew what they were like why they're shaped the way they are but kind of reminds me of a sports car console you know they are they're shaped because that's what it looks like in the car that those are the i I believe those are what the actual panels are beside the drivers in the in their cars oh well it says right up there porsche and ferrari center dash replicas or they're currently making it so So, yeah that's that's what i was gonna i was gonna say that they're 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 shaped to run down and be accessible with one hand i guess obviously so they're almost like uh proprietary is not a very good word but it's a word that usually has dollar signs you know at the beginning and end of that word so i guess it's kind of um kind of appropriate for this but um, well, if they if they put that label on there, that brand, they have to pay a royalty, don't don't they? Yeah, but yeah, no, I'm not gonna go there. I'm just gonna go to my cheap. You know, we'll just print it out on the printer and slap it on there and rock and roll. But um, if Tony, I get it. it. You don't have to pay the royalty. Yeah, Tony right. does it in his writing. It doesn't look like the Porsche writing. No, no. See, uh, <laughs> if you listen to the aftermath, you'd you'd know that I'm pretty much done with cutting out freaking labels because it is a dangerous, dangerous business. So what, you're getting a sponsor from Band-Aid? Well, either that or safety scissors from the dollar store. <laughs> we can get you those children's scissors, you know, better plastic with just a barely barely a blade on the inside. Yeah, something that, you know, that cuts paper but not hair. <laughs> Our next review is a rig review. It comes from Vasaro on Instagram. And um, the one thing I am a little perplexed with this is I can't see what it looks like put together. I I know how they're going to ship it. And that's about it. I hope they're not advertising it this way. It's hard to well, figure I, out. I what think it they're looks. just trying to show you what it looks like when they ship it. I wonder what it, the expense is on the shipping for that. Cause that's a pretty big crate. Yeah. That's like a eight by four crate. Wooden. Uh, that's not like you can UPS that. That has to be freight shipped. Do you see the 
the cost already on just buying it? Well, any of the rigs are going to be going to be uh, freight. This is six uh, stage six simulator. This is like their best one. Thirteen thousand five five five. Thirteen thousand five hundred fifty five. Is that pounds? It's got D box. It's got the uh, triple forty two inch monitors. Triple forty nine inch monitors. So let's just focus on this picture because this is actually kind of cool. We've never really been able to see how some of this stuff gets shipped out. You know, this is pretty much ready to go. I mean, you got to add a few, um, you know, you got to add the monitor mounts and stuff to it, uh, set up the, and set up the actual monitors and stuff. But um, well, part of what's making it so bulky is that it, it, it includes the seat, I guess. But and the seat's still attached, right? That's why it's yeah. It's not like it's laying down or anything, right? Well, that whole rig part is looks like it's completely built. Yeah. So yeah. like it's just you know rip open the box, hook up your monitors, rock and roll. Like you're probably, you know, we'll say we'll say two hours if you you know stop have a beer in the middle, uh, putting it together and you're racing. Now, me having kids looking at this. This can double down. You get this box, you get everything out of it. Daddy can play with the uh, uh, the sim sim rig, and then you can let the kids play with the box, right? Treehouse. Turn it into a dollhouse, yeah. Something like that. So you're basically like, you know, now the $13,000 makes sense. I well, love it's, that it's, put it's closer to $17,000 if you convert it. What What is it? Is that pounds that it's in there? Yeah, that's pounds. And so, so it's seventeen thousand. So seventeen thousand. You're USD. probably looking at like eighteen, nineteen shipped. Eighteen shipped. Yeah, and if it's Canadian, what is it? Thirty thousand. Oh, jeez, <laughs> keep going. You're gonna have to win uh, multiple of the Landing Castle races to pay for it. Here's the thing: if you're spending that much money, you shouldn't have to put your rig together. It should be pre-built. <laughs> I you make a very valid point, Mike. I like the ingenuity of the actual the way that they've designed it so simple to, to ship. 23,000 Canadian. Oh my god. Yeah, and then the shipping, oh my god, that would be so that'd be 25 grand before it gets here. That's like <laughs> the car that I'm buying brand new <laughs> is that price. Like what the hell? The wife wants a new rig, right? So you there you go. You're not getting yeah. the car. You're not getting the car. You're getting the new rig. No, no. Her rig comes on paper. I've got the paper. Like a paper mache rig? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That way when she doesn't win, she can use it as a pinata. You guys burn it down. <laughs> you've been using a lot of eating a lot of popsicles to use the sticks. Just burn it down, you know, when you're done. Okay, let's Don't keep moving. Uh, we got a listener email. Thank you to Heath Ropp, who sent this in. He said, hey, not sure if you covered this before, but there's Roland Racing out of Bettendorf, Iowa, and they have motion rigs with full-size stock cars, sprint cars, and late model for rent. I live about an hour from Knoxville, Iowa, and I have run the simulator there, and it was pretty cool. When you wreck, smoke fills the co- cockpit. He puts in parentheses, fog. That's pretty cool. I've never heard of, hey, uh, when you wreck, let's uh, fill the, sm- the cockpit full of smoke. If you flip upside down, do the roll bars crush into you? Ryan Newman style? <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Well, if you look into their gallery, image number 14. Now, they're outside, they're under a tent, but that does look like their simulator setup, and there is a whole heck of a lot of smoke happening. That's true. That is that is really cool dynamic. I don't think we've uh, we've seen um, smoke used in the simulation. So can we get a fog machine and then get something to hook to the API? Like yeah, if you wreck, it'll tr- trigger it. That's the, the next step. Put a put a put a smoke machine right under the pedals, and yeah, every time the engine blows. I was just gonna say, like they, they you're able to do the wind simulation, so you might as well. It, it would be in the same type of thing, right? It would just as soon as it sees the code of smoke, it would just turn on the smoker, right? So if you guys open up image number twenty five, it's got like a, a a front shot of the car, and the smoke is actually pouring out of the the cowl on the hood. Um, this, <laughs> it's cool. This is cool. Like, <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's like a simulated burnout. Maybe he's doing. He's got his finger out the window and everything. This looks like it'd be a fun place just to go and and try it, man. If you're in Iowa, check it out. I was gonna say they at least make, you know, it makes you 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 think about wanting to, you know, it's, it's a story you can tell everybody, right? Okay. Have you guys checked out any of the videos on this site? Um, Okay, so the very bottom video, uh, like, uh, first shot was like a sprint car, and it's, these are all full motion, and then it goes to a stock car, and you can see the um, uh, suspension, like the suspension actually moves and stuff, and then um, as you get further into the video, it shows you some of the smoke stuff that they got going on. this like you want to rent a free we, we've covered a lot of these rental places and this one by far blows them all out of the water this is just the coolest thing going um if you're gonna go rent a simulator or pay money to to sit in one for a little while like this is where you got to go like this is going to be your best experience they have lights coming out of the hood to make it look like it's on fire <laughs> oh my god i our borders are closed, so I'm screwed. We can't come down. But, man, <laughs> like, shut up and take my money. This is so. Th- this is just the coolest thing that I think we've covered yet. Pretty so cool. you won't spin it on a button box, but that that smoke machine, heck yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, I'll, I'll go with like the whole millennial thing. Like, I'll pay for an experience. It's like go karting type thing. It feels like go karting. So uh, we've been promoting a piece of software that's still considered in beta, but it's considered in wide beta now for a while. iRacer's Assistant, and back on actually May 28th, this, that's how long it's been on our, on our uh, script, and we haven't gotten to it. But he's got, a, he's got a, the 21 beta out. It's got quite a few bug fixes and some new features. So uh, I know Mike uses this and really stands by it. Yeah, yeah, you got to get the update because some things change in the build that he had to update for. Um, and uh, I love it. I mean, I love starting up all my stuff with it, and I love turning off my computer with it. At the end of the day, when you're done, you just push a button on this software, and it closes everything that's open on your computer and shuts everything down safely. One button push. And it's the same button push to start everything, too. So just that alone, the software is worth. But it also does that thing where you it'll switch out 
app INI and DX11 INIs. So you can easily switch from monitor to VR, VR to monitor with a button push. I guess we'll go to the next thing here. We got uh, SimCore, um, SimCore button box review. I guess it's more of like a hub review, isn't it? Uh, it's a hub. They call it a button box. But uh, who is the uh, reviewer? Greg F uh, Fullwood uh, did a nice write-up here in the forums. Uh, he's got uh, two, two different models from uh, SimCore. And uh, nice little simple... 3D printed uh, boxes with uh, metal metal components in it for it. Um, looks like it's built pretty well. Um, he did say in his, you know, what I, one of the things that caught my eye when I was reading it, um, one of the things here, he goes, he was a bit skeptical, or I was a bit a little bit skeptical on how good the product would be, and I expected to get a 3D printed box with a carbon plate, blah blah blah. This is not what I received. Once I got the SD or STD24 out of the box, I immediately noticed the weight and density of the box. I felt like it was holding a premium piece. I felt like it was holding a premium piece in the kit. Um, so that's good to hear when he first pulled it out of the box. Like it, it, it didn't it. feel didn't feel cheap to him. Um, he's got a whole bunch of pictures here of how he's mounted. He's got a, two different rims. He's tried uh, each one on, and they look awesome on his rims. Like. Um, he first starts this whole post too. Is he's very, very particular about his rims, and he's been very critical on on people with their rims, I guess. In here too, he loves he loves collecting them too, I guess. So, um, I guess uh, his full review on it um, you can check out in the forms under uh, what did you title it? Uh, Simcore SD STD twenty four WS wireless button box review, but. Um, it's a good little read. Um, he's got lots of pictures to uh, show you everything that it's on it. Um, but he was very, sounds like he was very uh, satisfied with uh, Sim, SimCore's product. Yeah, high, high quality pictures too. If you want to take a good, good look at this product, this is a great way to look at it. Really, really nice looking on both the two rims he chose to go with it too. So um, I look... Uh, uh, it's good to see that all these uh, extra um, alternatives are out there too to for everybody, right? Yeah, you don't have to buy Fanatec. No, and uh, I guess the uh, the website for uh, that uh, is simcore.com. Um, if you want to look them up. Dot au. They are Australia. Oh, sorry, au too. Sorry, my bad. Oh, we got uh, pictured for the first time the uh, GeForce RTX 3080. I believe we have talked about this before, just not that long ago. Um, but I'm not sure if we had any. Uh, we talked about it. We didn't have pictures, I don't think. Yeah, yeah. So we got, oh, it's kind of a, I guess kind of a bit of a different looking I don't know. It looks like a bloody video card. Um, the ones that we're seeing here is a single fan version with a looks like a whole bunch of heat sinks. Tons um, of heat sink. Yeah, yeah. So it's you know it's like the the regular rectangle shape. It's kind of um, broken up, almost like a like a square, like an hourglass is kind of looks like. And um, 
the fan sits in the one side and it looks like the rest of it is all um all cooling fins can you imagine what this is going to cost there's no idea about price yet but well what is the are there are there shortage in in the 2080 rtx's right now i think or... so because that's the biggest one you can get what are their prices at Twelve fifty. Last time I looked. So you're thinking this? This probably is in the eighteen hundred dollar range, fifteen yeah. to eighteen, maybe. Yeah, easily. Well, I just I, I've been looking at that stuff there, and I saw a, like the twenty eighty Ti. Now this is up here in Canada. Was like seventeen. Oh. Mind yeah. you, I wasn't searching very hard, but uh, um, it could be seventeen because it's hard to get, but. Um, yeah is it concerning that they're upgrading to the next like three series so quickly like it just seems like this one's there's not as big a usually like the series there's different gaps over years now it just seems that they they're just quickly going up on these ones now it's all marketing yeah i mean what does the number really mean it's just it's just a number an extra couple hundred bucks pretty much yeah because didn't they just come out with the 2080? Like, it's, it's not even two years old. Now, one thing about this article uh, on the forums, Sasha Melasa Javik uh, pointed out a quick disclaimer that this particular uh, website where we got the article needs to be taken with a uh, load of salt. Uh, apparently, they've uh, had some, some fake news in the past. So we don't know if this is all true or not. Now, I have a new another housekeeping request. We need more listeners with um, Nordic names to call in so I can listen to Mike try to pronounce it. <laughs> there you go. All right, let's get to the next one. This is a service situation, as it's called by Fanatec. We got a post on their forums by the CEO over there, Thomas Jagermeyer, and uh, he says he would like to explain the situation we're facing at the moment. Since March, we're getting an unusual and unexpected amount of orders. This has to do with the lockdown, but also the increased promotion of sim racing, etc., etc. The orders on, on some days were suddenly five times higher than they were in January, and we were always already 60% above the previous year. But despite, despite we are temporarily sold out on many products, the demand is still high. And he goes on and on, but basically saying how how much business they have and how far behind they are. Well, and I think this is because the fan, the Fanatec uh, pages are getting ripped apart for their lack of responses and lack of getting product out at the time that they're saying they need to get it out. They're they've been taking a big hit in a lot of the Facebook page and Twitter and stuff like that. Even your dog is mad. Yeah, lots of delays. Um, that kind of thing, but it's just a reassurance. Hey, we're, we are aware of the situation kind of thing. Uh, that kind of thing. Well, just about any tech company has obviously suffered slowdowns, not only because of a change in demand, but what we talking about at the beginning of the lockdown, uh, that computers parts were going to run out. That's everything though. If you think about it, it's everything in life. Anything outdoor products that are made, uh, um, just 
lots of supplies, certain supplies are not there. All right, I'm glad I'm not waiting on Fanatec for something. <laughs> Let's do one more hardware. David. All right, we got some really fancy uh, Valesquez Engineering Pro Class Hydraulic Sim Racing Pedals. And um, gave it a look over the website. Uh, they're hydraulic, um, and they boast the sensor on the throttle is rated for 10 million cycles. Um, I suppose that means it's going to be able to u- be used a lot before it, before it wears down. Um, it's built on a Tilton 600 series pedals, uh, and it, it, it's, it looks nice. It's hydraulics. These are the bomb. I can't tell you how nice these pedals are. These are probably the maybe the best pedals I've ever seen. Uh, now, they're not a company. There is a, it's a guy, Jose Velasquez from Michigan. He's a one year in iRacing. But he posted in the forums about his pedals. Um, and he built these. And he's selling them, if you're interested, for $1,550 plus shipping. And I think they're worth that. I mean, looking at them. I mean, you got their true hydraulic, okay? And uh, they use the Willwood Master and Slave Cylinders. Um, The brake and clutch uh, pedals are completely hydraulic. So even the clutch. uh, He said he does this as a hobby, so it's not an official business yet. But if there's enough demand, I'm certainly thinking about turning it into a legitimate business. I've sold four of these pedals so far. Uh, shoot me a message if you're interested. He's got pictures, and uh, boy, the pictures don't lie, guys. I, I really am impressed by these. There's a lot of good, inf- really good information. Uh, you can tell he really knows what he's talking about. Um, we're not going to read it word for word, but check it out if you're interested. He, he does a good job of selling his brakes. Yeah, if I was buying pedals, man, I might be talking to this guy. All right, let's uh, move forward to Fantasy. Podcast Fantasy League. In a casual setting. (laughs) Boy, oh boy. I don't even have this fantasy updated. I've been uh, extremely busy this week. It's crazy how many NASCAR races are, and it's hard to keep up. Next week's going to be the wild card. Oh, next week! Uh, next week is gonna be fun. Plate tracks are—it's um, it, like throwing the dice. I mean, we we all know it. It's it's the same. It's the same discussion every time. Um, you know, every, every every time it comes up, but uh, and it's the same. It holds the same true in in the fantasy league as well. Um, like, who do you play? But. Uh, you know, we, about we had Ty some... Dillon. Kind of play some... It, there's maybe ones that you wouldn't think this week just to save a week, maybe. Like, do you ever play Ty Dillon? Yeah, Talladega. <laughs> this is a Ricky Stenhouse week. Yeah, yeah. I mean... You know, it's... Uh, if the guy's going to get you any points, it's going to be at a play track for sure. That's if he can... If he can survive it, first and um, second stage, and then just don't worry about it at the end. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, 
you know, we got, uh, you know, quick rundown of the top 10. You know, I apologize. These are much better prepared for this, but, uh, yeah, we're, we're just going to take it as it is. So I know I dropped in, in a spot, but, uh, just in time, he's still hanging on to first and, uh, I'm kind of expecting him to, I'm going to, we're going to start seeing him slide in a little bit. I got a feeling, I got to believe he's been using up some of his bigger players, but, uh, uh, it, the strategy may work out for him. Uh, GI Jojo second. Uh, myself, I'm in third place. Laird Racing, Smiling Ninja roll, rolls out the top five. Um, Scales, he's in uh, six. KB, KB54, KBM54, T Bob, Kerry Seal, and Mike, you're still in the top 10, my friend. Top 10, all right. Greg, so, I don't know what uh well you missed a couple races, did you not? I'm too behind. Okay, so that that explains. I mean, I, I, I see you I'm slowly climbing. I'm making my way up. <laughs> my goal is to see if I can just get the top 10 if I'm I don't know what it's going to be like when we get to the playoffs. Well, in the playoffs, yeah, everything resets a little bit and uh it's it's a whole nother ball game, but um just a couple was it uh two seasons ago chris and i were maybe it was last season i think it was two um we're in a bit of a battle like our 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 team league wasn't very active and i think it ended up just being him and i near the end but with about five races to go he had about i think five or six races to go he had about a 400 point lead on me and when we got to the last race of the regular season, there was a difference of 20 points between the two of us. Um, and it was literally down to that last race to see who took the regular season. That was a, yeah, that was a, um, a heck of a comeback that I laid down. And it was a heck of a car that he got to race when uh, uh, the bottom split guys were uh, broadcasting their races that was our bet was i got to paint his car so that's where the pink car came from very good uh looking forward to tally we'll see how that shakes out let's go ty dylan let's jump into results nascar i racing series is the place to be let's talk about sonoma uh friday open i sat it out boys i was one and done so uh david you uh wrecked out yeah, made top split on this one. Uh, got to be on the broadcast. It was pretty neat on Friday. Uh, just like typical story, somebody spins in front of me, nowhere to go, and it happened twice. It, it uh, I was down on horsepower and didn't, you know, knowing there's not going to be any cautions or a lot of attrition. I was just like, eh, I parked it, went and ran uh, a Le Mans race. Okay, give up that oval eye rating uh, on a road course. Greg, uh, you had a nice run, P8. Yeah, this was a depressing race because I should have won it. Um, I think on lap, I want to say lap 11. No, sorry, lap lap 19. Sorry, what is what it was? I, I my screen went blank and kicked me out of the sim from the lead. I was leading by about three seconds, and by the time I loaded back in, um, I was a lap down. A lap and a half down, and I was in a 20-second spot, and uh, got on it. Uh, I want to give a shout-out to teammate Bobby Jonas. He saw, he was watching my stream, and he saw this happen. He came in to see what was happening, and uh, 
kind of calmed me down and got me going. And uh, I literally was the fastest car on the track. I almost unlapped myself and drove myself up to eighth. Oh, what happened? Was it a riff failure or what? I still don't know what happened. It just all of a sudden, what happened was, is what I saw in the rift is it froze and then that the hourglass came up and then and then it went blank so then I closed out of the sim and by the time I was able to get back in it was just took too long yeah damn okay Tony Rochette got a P7 imagine that a top 10 I'll drink a little bit of the bubbly started in the pits a smart idea as the bottom slip boy sent it and blocked the track up in turn one Surprised myself with only three off tracks, but one of those was me gassing it into a tire barrier. Nice run for Tony for a road course. Uh, Sunday open, David, you got P11, decent week. Yeah, I, uh, you know, Son Sonoma's never been great for me, but I, it went better for me this week, except for Friday. Uh, the other three races were all uh, positive days. You know, it was top split again. Not a lot of people around, uh, so did okay. I'll take Everybody's it. scared of that track. Yeah. And then Greg, P6, but top split. Yeah, David and I were in this race. Uh, we both started in the back. Um, I didn't get a qualifying lap in. I started 23rd. Uh, the first lap of that race was chaotic because uh, an ex-teammate of ours was a wrecking ball. Um, literally, I don't know what he was doing in that race, but uh, uh, yeah, so it basically got through the first lap of calamity there and uh, drove myself from 23rd up to uh, 6th. I was catching 5th and 4th. I just didn't have enough laps. So why didn't you queue? I'm not going to comment because it was because I saw a teammate. Oh. Okay. Well, very good. Uh, nice run. Uh, I think you had some wins in you there, but you weren't able to capitalize on those. No, I capitalized on the the biggest win was the league win later on or, or on the Thursday night. All right. Let's move into this week. Uh, <clears throat> Chicago Land. Probably the last time we're going to run it. Uh, I would guess. I don't think NASCAR is going back there. Uh, Wednesday Open. David Hall, same story. Yep, I would let the two lap heroes go and then they'd wreck right in front of me and take me out. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, repaired all the damage, engine still blue. Okay, and then Greg, you were on the verge of winning. I think you were right there and you just missed the pit strategy just a bit. Yeah, we had caution come out at the wrong time and I stayed out with the top three and I think there was another three cars behind me that stayed out and then the rest of the field pitted and this track is just too much with old tires and we just kept having caution after caution which kept they kept the guys with tires just kept getting position after position and the last one was a green white checkered and I held them off but I'll take the P5. Okay my run I got P29 yuck I had a pretty good clean run going I got caught up in a big wreck that I just couldn't miss. It was up in front of me and there's just no missing it. Uh, someone turned right off the apron. They like hit the apron and came right up and I was up high. And, uh, it was a fun race though because Elliot Sadler was in there again running. Um, he actually got the pole, led the most laps and won the race. 
and uh, he's pretty cool to race with. Uh, we got to race him again today. He's been tweeting a lot about his racing too with the Sadler Motorsports, eMotorsports. You know, he said some stuff at the end of the race today that I we were going to try to record, but I just couldn't figure out how to do it but and play it on the show. But he basically said, man, this is just like real racing, man. The, the strategy, the nerves, uh, you know, I'm up on the wheel just like I was in the real race car. He was saying stuff like that. Um, I don't know exactly. You know, I'm paraphrasing, but it was cool to hear him say that and hear the excitement in his voice. And I had his brother Hermie in uh, my split uh, last night. Well, he's passing by. Uh, his his IR rating is going to continue to grow. This will probably be the last couple races I'll see with him because he's going on up. He, he's always finished first or second or third, I think, in the races I've been in, except for that one that he wrecked. Uh, but he's, yeah, he's definitely moving up in IR rating. Tom Dryling, he ran. He got a P20, started third on the green-white checker, got crashed in turn one on the last lap. He said, got two more chances to get a way better finish. Tony Rochette uh, was fast, uh, then not fast, and then wrecked. As I was not smarter as the average bear. Forgot, well, got distracted by a shiny penny to switch out of the qual set. Superman the first five laps, then dropped like a rock. I really wish Tony was on here to read his own stuff. <laughs> oh, you need the proofreader. <laughs> No, but he's doing it on purpose to you. Oh, well. Because you didn't read his thing properly last week. Well, there you go. Because you went to the whiny country of Sonoma. Oh, man, he cracks me up. All right. Thursday open today. I got P19. I got wrecked out again. Uh, a, a guy. I, I went clear to the bottom. I was on the apron. I thought he was going up. He came back down, and I couldn't miss it. And uh, it was a bummer. David, you got a P10 in top split. Good run. Yeah, the wreck was right in front of me again. Managed to dodge it this time. Uh, it was a mid-pack car for most of the race. And then with 10 to go, we had that caution. And I capitalized on the late cautions and uh, climbed up the P10. I know you were saying it's tough that you're not contending for the win. But you're not because it is top split, right? It's just, it's it's such a hurdle to get from like a 10th up to like second or first, right? Well, you know, it's, those guys are good, you know, so it's hard to be better than them. No different than any other racing. As soon as you get in the top series, you're racing with guys that, you know, you can, we can all take and capitalize on these lower series, but when you get up into that top one, it's, it's serious. Now, Tom Dryling was in my split. He ended up six. He ran up and down all race. Uh, he said he got to run another race with Elliot uh, Sadler. There were three green-white checkers. He didn't pick the right line on the last laps. Could have finished a bit higher. Tony Rochette had the best finish of the week. P3 ran great, but too many cautions to watch uh, this set shine. Second, when the white flag came out, but fresher, faster tires prevailed. At the podium every oval week since Coke 600. David thinks I stole your horseshoe. <laughs> yeah, he thinks that I that he stole it. I don't think so. Is that the Jimmy Johnson that's, horseshoe that's been that he used to have? Yeah, um, real bad for a while. 
I'll, I'll take anybody. I'll, I'll take Jimmy Johnson's horseshoe any day. Of course, he hadn't had a great season this year, but I mean, seven championships and close out this way. I, I'd take that. All right, let's talk other racing. Uh, David, you got two Silverstone wins. Yep. Been close at Le Mans, but uh, there's a lot of people running running that Le Mans series this week, this week with the 24 coming up. I ran Tuesday in the sprint car at Iowa, P10 out of 12, but I was happy. I survived. Uh, I didn't have any incidents, and I gained a bunch of SR. I actually lost my A license last week running Legend cars, the Legend Cup cars, um, and so I'm trying to gain that back, and that helped, but I had a lot of fun with that sprint car. I actually did some practice the night before to make sure I could drive it, but uh, I'm not competitive but it is fun. Hey, any of you guys that listen are in lower splits and lower series. Mike's working his way back down to those series for you. Yeah, come join me. (laughs) David, you did A-Open a few times, but I think you were wrecked out. Uh, no. No, he was was all P3s in A-Opens with the Sonoma. Yeah, at Sonoma, it was was uh, 2-2 and 3. Uh, maybe I don't. I don't remember. Those are practice sessions for me. David runs six billion races a week. Okay, and then Road to Pro. It says Tom did a P twelve. Yeah, I don't. Uh, we didn't have Road to Pro this week, did we? Yeah, that's a leftover, oh, yeah. I think, from last week. Yeah. Okay, and then Greg P one in your league race. Yeah. That was basically my Sonoma week. It was the start of the season for uh, the ISCA. Um, I started third. I thought I was going to end up running third, but just the way the race was running. And then once again, for some reason, I I don't know if I'm really good at saving tires or I, I don't. I, I just, on the long runs, I just eat, was eating the, at that track. I could just eat these guys up. I was... Um, I was literally after the pit stop, I was, I came out probably five or six seconds ahead and I was going to run away with it. I did get a couple lap cars trying to stay on the lead lap wreck in front of me. I got some front damage. I ended up, uh, finishing the race with no front bumper, but, uh, they made fun of, uh, that one in the interview. Um, but, uh, it was a good race and, uh, it's good to be on TV and, uh, broadcasted tonight. We're doing Chicago and. I feel like I can back that up. Uh, I kind of have to back it up because uh, they asked me the question if I was just a road ra- ringer or uh, I was good on ovals. So hopefully tonight I can back it up. Well, that's a heck of a way to start the, the run with that league. So good job. All right, let's get into final thoughts. David Hall. Le Mans 24 hours this weekend. Me and Greg are running it as well as a... A new guy, basically, from Snell Racing. He's going to be joining in and helping us. We had our third guy lined up, and he got a job offer this weekend and had to back out. He let us know Monday, though, so we've had some time to kind of do a search. Uh, And we've added a third guy. got the schedule set up. We'll see how it goes. Three guys, eight hours each. And we're going to post, like, I know David and I will both be streaming. I think, Dave, we'll post on our uh, our, uh, Antifosi page, a relative time when our when our our things are going up, our streams are going up. 
Yeah, there's a limit on how long your stream can go, so I can't you can't stream it continuously. So when I'm in the car, I'll have I'll have my stream up, and when Greg's in, he'll have his up. Um, and I don't know about I don't know if the other guy's streams or not. Uh, and I'm do I am the kind of the A driver, so I'm if the schedule falls the way it falls, I'll be doing like 18 stints, and each of them are doing 10 stints. All right. Does that, long me, one. does that make me like the S or T driver? Okay, Greg Hector's final thought. Huh? Same with David there. I'm looking forward to this weekend. It's going to be interesting to see how we run. Um, but uh, I'm kind of going to, I'm in the mindset for in the next, uh, in about 20 minutes, I got to get ready to practice for the I, ISCA race. Um, so if you want to come watch me uh, race on that uh, or see anything from it, I'm, you can watch my uh, Twitch page, uh, tw uh, twitch.tv slash frozen cactus, frozen with two O's, cactus with two K's. And yeah, let's see if I can uh, bring it home tonight. All right, go get it. Tony Groves, final thought. Well, I myself have not been doing much of any kind of race in the last couple of weeks, but uh I did do a little bit of spotting uh, last weekend. Uh, Lisa was racing in the iRacing Wives uh, race Friday night and Saturday night. I was spotting for her uh, Friday night, and she uh, she's even able to uh, lead some of those laps there. Uh, pretty good race, and we are actually going to have a couple of the ladies uh, from those races on tomorrow night on the aftermath, so... Um, look for that coming out tomorrow night or early Saturday morning, depending on how long we go. Um, lots of, uh, lots of DIY happening on my end. Um, I'm, uh, in the middle of, uh, ordering, uh, computer parts. I've got my Rickmotech plans in. I got to get out to the store and, and, uh, get some of those materials so I can get that going. Um, the sim room uh, has not started yet, but it is all pretty well cleared out, and uh, we're just picking paint, and we got to finish up the ceiling and stuff. So, lots happening. Unfortunately, just not much on the track on my end. All right, sounds good, Tony. Looking forward to the aftermath. Uh, my final thoughts. Uh, I didn't talk about it, but I want to mention it. NASCAR Legends is my new series I'm running. I got a first at Daytona last week uh, here at North Wilkesboro. I've ran, I think, two or three times, and I got 11. Pretty happy with 11, but I think I'm going to run some more tonight, see if I can get a top 10 out of it. Uh, I can't believe how far down in points I am, even though I have a first at 11. Uh, it just shows you how many people of high eye rating are actually running this series. Um, it's a lot more popular than you think. So get out there and join me. And then join me on Tuesdays at 9 p.m. Eastern for the high SOF race for the sprint car, oval sprint car, pavement. And that is the funnest car on the service. It really is. It's so hard to drive. I love it. I love it. And with that, we'll see you on the track later. Thank you for listening to the iRacers Lounge podcast. Make sure you go to subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Google Play, Facebook, and Twitter. See you on the track.